Blog Talk Radio. Lucis Trust, a non-profit, non-political, and non-sectarian organization on the roster of the Economic and Social Council of the United Nations and concerned with the establishment of world cooperation and goodwill, presents Inner Sight with your host, Robert Anderson. He, with Sarah and Dale McKechnie, President and Vice President of Lucis Trust, will discuss philosophical and spiritual topics essential to everyday life. Now here's your host, Robert Anderson. Welcome. Inner sight is simply seeing that which is, is always present, but not yet fully recognized. You have, within you, the ability to see yourself and the world around you in a new way with new eyes. So, stay with us and together we'll look at the world and ourselves with inner sight. Our topic for today, natural disasters. And before we get started, I'd like to give some credit to Alice Bailey, the founder of the Lucis Trust organization. She wrote 24 volumes of literature, and those 24 volumes of literature are the main inspiration for the dialogue that you hear on this show. The following thought comes from the New York Times, January 12, 2005. Across nations and religions, there has been a search for explanations of not only why the tsunami came, but why it killed some and not others. Some discern a lesson that humanity should unite, citing the bodies of people of all religions tumbling together into mass graves, while others see affirmations of the rightness of their own path. Amid sympathy, there is judgment. Beneath public compassion, a private moralizing. What are your thoughts on that? Well, it's fascinating, isn't it, to see how we all respond and how we try to interpret and make sense of these major world um, events like the September 11th event. We heard people say, well, what did you expect? America is so obnoxious and so selfish and pig-headed. I heard people, perfectly decent people, say that as if the victims uh, had it coming. And we're doing it again with the people that uh, died in the tsunami. Their own neighbors apparently are assessing the situation and deciding that some of them died because they weren't good Buddhists or Muslims or Christians or perhaps that they died because they were, in fact, adherents of a religion different than the person who survived. To me, it shows how personal we are in our world view that we think these tremendous natural disasters are targeting individuals um, in a personal direct way and it shows how our view of the world and everything that occurs in it is so anthropomorphic if that's the word that it's all about us all about humanity I wonder if they stop to consider that there are many creatures of the animal kingdom who died and certainly of the vegetable kingdom and the mineral kingdom itself took a terrific punishment. There was a um, a spot on television showing a jellyfish in the Indian Ocean that was ripped in two. Part of its jellyfish body was flapping in the breeze or in the water 
it was still living, but there was something so poignant about that poor jellyfish, and apparently they were really decimated by the tsunami and also the other species, other types of fish. So many creatures besides humans suffered, and I don't suppose they feel guilty about it, nor do they see punishment in it. Um, it's it's just us who try, as is our, our need and our kind of um, instinctive impulse to make sense of something that's too big for our minds. Yes, there's a tendency, I think, to also to blame God for all of these deaths, and how could God uh, do such a thing to us poor creatures? And um, it isn't, um, as you say, it's, it's so so self-centered uh, a point of view that we have about the earth and all its movements. But uh, we have to remember that man has free will. God has given us free will to... Uh, so we have free will to live where we want to, and it's our choice to uh, live um, beside the oceans or on an uh, earthquake fault or next to a volcano. So uh, we have to accept the consequences when uh, we make choices like that. And um, it's uh, <clears throat> our own um, our own mistakes, our own judgment that puts us into these positions. Another question that occurs to people is um, that um, it must be a sign of God's disapproval and punishment, or else why wouldn't he have intervened? Why wouldn't he have stopped the, the earthquake from happening? But that, if you really think it through, suggests that God should suspend natural law. Uh, and I think there are many spiritual people who could make a very good case for why that is not possible even to um, someone as powerful as the creator of the world. Not all religions view these events as uh, indications of punishment and sin. I think the, the book of Job in the Old Testament and also Buddhism teach that um, suffering is part of life on earth. It isn't necessarily a sign that one has erred. It's just part of life. The Buddhist word for it, I think, is dukkha. It's just part of the ebb and flow of life, and their training in their faith is to learn to ride the highs and the lows with as much um, equilibrium as, as possible. So it pains me to see people struggling to come to terms with this as um, an indication that they have been bad or that the people who died were bad because it overlooks the the innocence of all of us who inhabit the earth. Innocence in the sense that the earth is a place of tremendous forces that are unleashed that are much greater than any of us, uh, human, animal, or vegetable, that live upon it. Right, and uh, these uh, the tectonic plates that uh, the movement of these plates that uh, have been moving for millions and millions of years, and they have formed the continents and the mountains and the plains and the rivers, and uh, so the shape of the Earth is designed by these movement of these tectonic plates, and they're doing what they are supposed to do, and uh, we have to learn to work 
with that with this world and to be sensitive to the movements of nature and uh, it's it's not only earthquake but also the volcanic the volcanic action volcanoes and uh, the large uh, storms and hurricanes and typhoons that uh, take place all over the world um, <clears throat> we have to learn that these are natural processes of the earth and uh, they're not we're not being punished for something that we've done for our sins and so forth and it's um the um geological process that causes the earthquake and the t- tsunami is an essential characteristic of the earth and it's uh, uh, the fact it makes the earth more habitable place. You mean these are um, adjustments, sort of like a chiropractic adjustment that makes one feel better? <laughs> well, yes. I mean, it, <clears throat> in fact, it does. I mean, it says in a, in a New York Times article, it points out that the the waves, these huge waves, can distribute rich sediments from the river systems across coastal plains and making the soil richer. So it, it's a way of nature replenishing itself. Mm-hmm. Well, it also points up that the earth itself is a, a living entity. I know that we realize that the animal and vegetable kingdoms are living expressions, but so is the earth. The mineral kingdom itself is living. I think this, this appreciation for the livingness of the planet first was, um, well, it was fostered, not first, but it was really fostered by the astronauts who had their view of our planet from space and could see it in its wholeness for the first time and could identify the the radiance, that the vibrancy that seems to be emitted from our little blue planet. It's a, a living uh, sphere in itself and Anything that's living is in a state of change and flux, isn't it? It can't be static. Entropy, if that's the word, goes against the processes of life and evolution. There has to be change and growth and adaptation. And this Earth has been undergoing change for millions of years, and it's still undergoing change, and there is a lot more change of the land masses uh, in store. That reminds me of a comment I once made to um, a woman I met um, a few years ago. I was bemoaning the um, devastation that we human beings do to the earth and the harm we do do to the environment and that we would probably end up paying a terrible price. And she said, oh, I don't know, do you really think so? I think if the earth chose, it could just shrug us off like a flea. (laughs) 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 I remembered her remark because, yes, (laughs) it doesn't mean that we aren't doing harm to the earth. I'm not trivializing that. I still hold on to that conviction. But she is right that there are forces at play in the earth that... uh, uh, we are just a minor irritation, I suppose, to it. And some of those forces are expressed most powerfully in earthquakes and volcanoes, I suppose, because the mineral kingdom is the densest of all substance. There are tremendous forces stored up within the, the earth. A diamond is created out of these tremendous forces acting upon carbon over, what, millions of years? And if they can create the diamond, 
They can also generate radium that is used either for healing purposes or to blow things up. And yet I read that the recent earthquake in Sumatra was, what, something like 8.5? and um, 9.0. 9.0, that it was more powerful than X number of atomic bombs. I forget how many, 10, 20, mm-hmm. 100. So it gives you an idea of the terrific uh, forces unleashed through earthquakes and volcanoes. For those people who just tuned in, you're listening to Inner Sight, our topic for today, Natural Disasters. We have a special offer from Lucis Publishing Company today. Uh, it's one of the Alice Bailey books, and it's the title of which is Serving Humanity. Now, Serving Humanity is a compilation of extracts from all 24 books by Alice Bailey. Now, the Alice Bailey books are just so vast, and there's so much material and, and interesting literature within them that uh, these compilations are wonderful because it's a way of uh, abridging it and uh, not that you want to not read the topics in depth. I think they're worth exploring in depth, but what you might want to do is what uh, what I do is I'll read a book like this first, a, uh, a compilation of extracts, and then I'll pick those topics um, uh, that I find to be more interesting or more than, uh, that I relate to more, and I'll uh, determine a priority of which topics I want to approach first. And it really helps you in your reading of the Alice Bailey books. It's available for $16. Now, the special offer comes in the form of a discount. The discount is that you get free shipping and handling if you order today. And what you do is uh, you have to send a check or a money order to Lucis Publishing, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. That's a uh, check or money order for $16. Once again, to Lucis Publishing, Lucis is L-U-C-I-S, Lucis Publishing, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. And you do have to mention that you heard about the offer on the show, Inner Sight. And frequently people want to know more about our organization and uh, about Lucis Trust. And probably the best way to describe it is that it's uh, not a religion. It's a spiritual philosophy uh, organization. And if you'd like to uh, make further contact with us, you can, uh, by the way, if you'd like more information about it, you can ask for a general package of information. And give us a call if you need to at 1-866-695-8247. Once again, that's 1-866-695-8247. The easy way to remember it, 1-866-NY-LUCIS. Think of one 866 New York, Lucis. Um, our website, by the way, is www.lucistrust.org. There, there's a lot of information about Lucis Trust that you'll find on the website, but uh, you'll also find the archived library of past radio shows, and you might want to key into a multiple number of themes. Many of the radio shows, uh, uh, I think, well, you'll you'll find them all interesting, but there's just a variety of different topics uh, so that's www.lucistrust.org. And, and by the way, if you miss a recent show, um, if you miss uh, this week's uh, show or you want to hear it again, you can key into it at www.wor710.com. That's uh, WOR. will uh, archives it uh, for a while, and you can it's uh, for one week or a little bit more than that, actually, www.wor710.com. And... Um, I was thinking um, about your discussion, and um, it all sounds very logical and um, 
very geologically understandable what happens with the tsunami. A tsunami, but um, do you think there is any esoteric um, uh, viewpoint? Is there anything uh, perhaps uh, in the esoteric realm that would yeah. uh, that would more or less explain the tsunami? Well, I don't know if it explains it, but it there are some ideas from the ageless wisdom from esoteric teaching that we can consider and see if it helps us to understand the magnitude of this event. We know that we live in an age of transition. Esoteric teaching and the ageless wisdom affirm this over and over again, that the present time in human history is an extremely significant time in our evolution as a species and uh, of our whole planet. And in this transitional era, there are forces that are part of the old age that are rapidly being swept out and there are new forces pouring in and that's I think behind the sense that we have that everything is in chaos, everything is being thrown up in the air, the values and traditions and familiar ways of thinking about life have all been called into question because nothing is really terribly certain for people anymore. We have a sense we're entering into a new and unknown realm. And in such a time like this, I think there are uh, forces that work out, as the Ageless Wisdom says, as above, so below. These aren't just purely subjective forces that are impacting upon us in consciousness. They impact upon all the kingdoms on Earth. And I think we see them working out literally through the densest of kingdoms in uh, activity like um, earthquakes and volcanoes. The writer Simon Winchester, who wrote uh, a very well-known book about Krakatoa, which was, I think, the most uh, violent volcanic explosion in human history from what scientists know, he had an interesting point of view in the New York Times soon after the tsunami that reminded us that this past year or so there's been a lot of seismic activity. Exactly a year before this, the earthquake in Sumatra, there was the one in Iran. And Mount St. Helens a few months ago was again acting up. I don't know if it still is. It seemed to go out of the news after a while. And he pointed out that there have been bad earthquakes this past year in Morocco and Japan. And... Um, he reminded us that the Gaia theory of our planet, uh, which was really promoted by James Lovelock, the British scientist, says that the Earth is one immense and eternally interacting living system. It's a living planet floating in space, every part of its great engine affecting every other for good or for ill. And that shows why there are occasionally checks and balances that nature applies that I think work out as a repositioning of these huge tectonic plates? Yes, uh, there are forces that are acting upon this planet uh, all the time that we just are not aware of or not conscious of, uh, fortunately. And um, it has... does affect uh, the mineral kingdoms. It affects all the kingdoms in ways that we can't really understand. But um, it, it's also said in the esoteric writings, in the Alice Bailey writings, that um, the Earth axis is shifting. Mm-hmm. That's one of the changes. That's very subtle changes. The pole, oh. yeah, the pole is pointing 
to another star. It's moving towards another star. It's, it used to be uh, pointing towards a, a pole star, and now it's shifting to another one, and this has been going on since early Egyptian times. And so that is affecting the uh, whole movements of the Earth and the energies and forces that are uh, picking up and increasing and causing all this uh, chaos and disruption. And it's a shifting of the axis, and <clears throat> it's causing a lot of upheaval. And uh, also the uh, um, there's a shifting of the poles, of the polarity, that's also under, underway, I believe. Sometimes mm -hmm. these shiftings of the polarity of the Earth also causes a lot of disruption. But I think we have to learn to understand these forces and learn to listen to the Earth. Uh, just as primitive societies, in fact, it said some of the primitive societies in that um, in Thailand listened to the birds, they listened to the animals who picked up on this uh, pending uh, disaster, and they moved away to a higher ground and they were saved. So it's, it's a matter of just listening learning to listen to the earth that we live upon. And we probably, in our present state of evolution, are more disengaged from those natural rhythms than the earlier, simpler peoples were. The people who lived on the islands um, in the Indian Ocean, uh, very simple tribal peoples were, I guess, saved because, mm -hmm. as you say, they followed the indications of the natural uh, realm around them. But I don't think that means we've gone wrong. We do have to develop culturally and mentally. Uh, mm -hmm. We do have to become mentally um, in control of our lives and destinies. And our role, I think, in the ageless wisdom is seen as stewards of the earth, not as the dominant force, but as the guardian of the earth. And to do that, we're in the the um, the evolutionary... Um, dream that uh, is awakening our mind. Momentarily, perhaps we're a bit disengaged from the natural world, but it doesn't have to remain that way. In fact, the growing awareness of the earth as Gaia is echoed in the ageless wisdom. It's called the garment of God. The earth is the garment of God, the outer realms of the human, animal, vegetable, and mineral kingdoms are the outer garment through which a divine life, which we call God, manifests. I think that's a, a beautiful idea. The Ageless Wisdom also speaks of the anima mundi, the soul of the world, which is not the same as the human soul, as I understand it, but it is the sum total of consciousness in the lower kingdoms, animal, vegetable, and mineral. Is that right? Well, yes, it's the... Uh, <clears throat> It's, it's the soul of each of the kingdoms has that soul aspect, and it's <clears throat> as you move up in in consciousness through the different kingdoms, the uh, there is more sensitivity, more awakeness, and, and until you get to the human kingdom, and that's that's where it really begins to uh, merge <clears throat> into the into the light of day, so to speak, where the light of the soul begins to really pour in and. And uh, so man begins to integrate more closely with that individualized soul. 
And in fact, Alice Bailey said that the anima mundi is what gives our plan- planet its light in the heavens. She said that the planetary light is the sum total of the light to be found in all atoms which compose all forms in all kingdoms. That's, I think, the radiance that the astronauts are able to perceive from space, this radiant, living vibration that is emitted from all um, levels of life on Earth. Yes, all substance and uh, light and substance is said to be synonymous terms. Right. And uh, so it's even every atom of substance gives off a certain amount of light. It's light. (coughs) And that's the light that uh, we are responsible for uh, bringing up into the world. There's another expression from the Ageless Wisdom that helps us understand this disaster, and that is um, the spirit of the earth, which the Ageless Wisdom speaks of, the embodiment of the physical planet we call earth, and the sum total of all the levels of form life is called the spirit of the earth. And Alice Bailey reminded us that In the evolution of all these different levels of life, there is imperfection and there is disease. Not only in the human kingdom, but in the animal and vegetable kingdoms, there's disease. And she said even in metals, the mineral kingdom, there's metal fatigue, which we are aware of, that causes things made of metal to break apart. So minerals are just as subject to disease and decay as are animals and human beings. And disease, she said, is not brought about by wrong thinking or by any failure to affirm our inherent divinity. It's just a part of nature itself. And all of that helps us, I think, to put this event in perspective and not see it as a sign of uh, having been punished. No, that's that's the last thing that we should realize and try to move on from that. That's really an old, ancient kind of thought that uh, uh, we're being sacrificed mm-hmm. and uh, so forth. And or <laughs> you know, in the primitive times, they would sacrifice a virgin or, or <laughs> some youth, and you know, to appease the the uh, angry gods. People ask, where was God when events like this happen? Well, I think God was present very visibly in the compassionate response of so many people to that disaster, and we see it in the billions of dollars pouring into that area of the world to relieve the suffering and the attention being given to other needs uh, throughout the world that um, the very wealthy peoples of the world must respond to more. I see that as very positive and hopeful. And we don't know why the disaster happened, but I think everything depends on how we respond to it. That's where we'll show our character and our spiritual wisdom, if it can lead to more sharing and to better relationships and cooperation among the world's peoples, then something very terrible will have been turned to good. Please take advantage of our special offer from Luce's Publishing Company, which is the Alice Bailey book, Serving Humanity. It's a compilation of extracts from all 24 books by Alice Bailey. It's available for $16. The special offer comes in the form of a discount uh, uh, in, uh, discount for free shipping and handling. And we'd love you to take advantage of it, so please send a check or money order, $16, to Luce's Publishing 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 100. 
1-800-273-0405. And you've been listening to Inner Sight. Now we would like to close with a world prayer called The Great Invocation. It's a call for light and love and goodwill to flow into the world and into our hearts. Let's listen for a moment to these powerful words. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. If your AC is blowing hot air, let O'Reilly Auto Parts help bring back the cool this summer. While you may need to eventually service your AC unit, get immediate relief with Interdynamics Arctic Freeze R134A refrigerant with leak sealer for $32.99. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, oh, oh. 